welcome to another episode of Acts of the Blood God, an independent RPG podcast. I'm your host, Kat Bailey. Joining me as always, my lovely co-host, Nadia Oxford. Hello, Kat. Uh, fates are really conspiring against us today, so if we all, like, peace out at about the 30-minute mark and don't come back, uh, it's not personal. It's just we're having a lot of trouble today with tech. This is what it's like to live in a JRPG. The gods and the fates and everything. It's just destiny trying to destiny. stop us. Mm-hmm. Destiny is trying to stop us from recording this podcast, but we will persevere. Oh, also awesome. joining me is my other lovely co-host, Eric Van Allen. I, I'm much like the video game Battleborn. Destiny will stop me. Only I can get in the way of my own success here. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, we're, we're making this podcast happen. And special guest, Scott White. Howdy. I'm I'm the last minute summon that you put all your hope in and i just wreck everything so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but you know we'll, we'll get through but thanks for having me great to Hi, talk to you all again hey we have scott on board because there are a lot of rpgs to talk about this fall you know, this october i should say some of which we have missed such as trails from zero which scott uh, actually went and reviewed a number of other games as well we'll be talking about as many as we can in the big fall RPG or October RPG catch-up. We'll be getting to that in a moment. But first, if you enjoy the show, hey, can you go leave us a review on the podcatcher of your choice? Reading your reviews makes me like, actually puts me in a much better mood. Some of them are really, really nice. Thank you so much. You can find me on Twitter at the underscore catbot. Nadia's at Nadia Oxford. Eric is at CMoosey, S-E-A-M-O-O-S-I. And uh, Scott, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Professor RPG. Professor <laughs> RPG, the RPG, <laughs> yeah. the professor yep. of all our, our of our RPGs. Yes, um, we are also on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/BloodGodPod, where we have a lot of bonus content exclusively for our patrons, including Charlie and Dropouts, which just arrived. That's our Final Fantasy fourteen podcast with Nadia, Victor Hunter, and Mike Williams. Nadia. What did you talk about this month? Well, patch 6.25 went up, so we went ahead and talked about some of the new stuff there. Uh, We also talked a bit about the ongoing running literal character named Hildebrand, who is Mm -hmm. also Mm -hmm. part of the new patch. And uh, what the hell is his problem? Is he a zombie? Isn't he a zombie? Nobody knows. And that's the whole appeal, I suppose. But uh, mostly we talked about moon rabbits and the quests that come with them. We also have our book two recap of Autumn of Avatar going up, Avatar The Last Airbender, it's going up next week. And yeah. our uh, our big interview, our big hang with Tim Rogers, which we talked about Taco Tico, is now available <laughs> on the free feed. And don't forget, Pantheon of the Blood God, we're doing Pokemon Black, White, Black 2, White 2, Gen 5, the last good gen. That is happening right now or on the Discord, which you can join for just $1 a month. And we'll be talking about that early next month, just in time for the release of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Okay. And finally, as always, we're joined by our Stars of Destiny for our weekly live recording. And this week, we're joined by Drew RWX, EJ, exclusively Lex, one of our intrepid modders, uh, Cal L. Mango, Alts, Spirus, and Woobat. All right, it's time now to talk about what we have been playing our sacrifices to the blood gods. And I have a few things that I want to talk about. So I'll go first. 
First of all, it's a momentous moment. You, y'all getting this on audio. <laughs> I would like to issue an apology to the Steam Deck. You know, Steam Deck, we didn't get off on the right foot. We've been having some troubles, I know. But I just want to say I'm sorry for most of the things that I've said to you. <laughs> Not all, um, just most. Most of the things. <laughs> I, uh, I got Persona 5 Royal on you. And I, I tweaked the settings because that's what you got to do with the Steam Deck. And I lowered it to 40 FPS and changed the frame rate. Or I changed the resolution to 1280 by 720 and made it windowed instead of full screen. And it runs like a dream on my Steam Deck. It looks amazing. Smooth as silk. Gorgeous. Not, not doesn't pop as much on that LCD screen, but whatever. I don't care. I don't even care that the thing seems to be running hot as usual. It's fine. <laughs> Steam Deck's come yeah. a long way, I have to say, in the past few months. And uh, I even got Final Fantasy V to start working on it again. And it had just straight up stopped loading for uh, quite a while. <laughs> I love that. The forbidden Final Fantasy game forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so good. In the Final Fantasy, they don't want you to play. <laughs> but just one I think trick. Pers- Persona 5 Royal, just having Persona 5 Royal on this thing and having it run the way that it does, while also knowing that it can be played on my PC, kind of makes it all worth it. Mm. How does it run on the Switch? Is it okay on the Switch? It better be, I bought it. Yeah, runs fine on the Switch. Uh, Okay. It's just, you know, 30 FPS instead. I I don't think that the difference is that big, ultimately, but you can do more with the Steam Deck version. For example, I think think you can mod it. There's definitely going to be mods if there isn't already. I'm, I'm so excited for the mod community to just tear Persona 5 Royal apart. Yeah. Oh, they're going to be dating all, all the gonna, gay relationships. There's going to oh, be some weird time, yeah. stuff happening in there. If Resident Evil is any indication, uh, they're going to get a little weird with it, and it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, randomizers. I'm super excited to hopefully mm-hmm. see importing maybe the Persona forecast into the mod, like their models in. Oh, mm-hmm. fun. Who knows? Social Who knows links with Chamas the Tank Engine for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Helps you break down you, doors. <laughs> riveting, riveting writing. Get Jeff Keeley in here. I do like the idea of just replacing the main character with the uh, the character from Persona 4. You? And well, they both mm-hmm. say the same amount of dialogue practically. And I mean, well, maybe this is all part of the maybe I'm stepping on the fall RPG catch up uh, segment, but I have to say that turning on Persona 5 Royal, playing through that entire intro section again, aside from just running like a dream on the Steam Deck, oh, it sounds great too. The, the stereo on that thing's uh, stereo sound system sounds terrific. And I love that intro so much. It's actually that's a great intro. One of my all time favorite intros in RPG ever. And it's really fun to go back to having played through like 80% of the original Persona 5 and mm. knowing uh, who all these characters are and what the context of uh, all of this is and why I'm being interrogated and everything. It's it's cool to go back to the beginning. I could have skipped through all of that dialogue, but I, I chose I chose not to. You'll also really get to appreciate how much of new stuff was added, like how much more fun it is to explore Mementos, for example. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a girl who shows up in the intro who fights alongside me and says that she's going, like, that she 
no longer needs to rely on me or something like that. She seems really cool. Is she a new character? Yeah, she's a new yes. character. Uh, she's got like the ponytail and stuff. I think so, yeah. She just yeah, comes yeah. in and starts wiping the floor out of with enemies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm into her. I'm, I'm, in, I'm immediately adding her to my party. Welcome, you. <laughs> you seem all right. <laughs> but yeah, um, there are some games that just, when you play them on the, the Steam Deck, you're like, oh, okay, this is... This is why I bought this stupid thing. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, like it's funny. Um, uh, there's there's a lot of discourse around the Steam Deck, I feel like, in the uh, the Discord. A lot, of, mm. a lot of people are much more positive on the Steam Deck um, than I have been uh, since I bought the thing. Uh, but I agree that it is just out of the box, one of the greatest JRPG handhelds that you're ever going to find, like a, a super-powered Vita, mm. as it yeah. were. Mm-hmm. One of my absolute best experiences on the thing has been playing Trails in the Sky, amusingly enough. Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's a great, great experience. Estelle. Um, I love Estelle. Estelle's great. wonderful. I love yeah. Estelle so, so much. Lex says, Vita Island lives on truly, truly. But I, um, so uh, when I, when I played Persona 5 Royal on my Steam Deck, I was glad I got it on there instead of the Switch because for me, the frame rate really does make all the difference and it makes Mm. it feel refreshed and new and lovely. And I'm very excited uh, to keep playing it. As soon as, uh, as soon as that opening cutscene popped out, I was like, Oh hell yeah, here we go. Was the original 30 or was it 60? I honestly do not remember. It was 30, 30 PS4 loads a lot faster too. Loads really fast on the uh, steam deck. I think probably much faster than it would on the switch. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's, I think that's a huge benefit. I, I think the Steam Deck version, one of the, maybe one of the definitive versions of it, uh, though, I'm sure bugs and such will emerge uh, with Persona 5 Royal. Uh, I'm excited to be back. Excited to be back playing Persona 5 Royal. I kind of want to play it while I have some momentum behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, I should add that uh, this year's FIFA cycle is now over. Oh, uh, so you're going to break away. Yeah, I was up till 1 a.m. last night playing. And I was like, this game's making me make bad decisions again. Mm, mm-hmm, it's happening mm-hmm. all over again. It's happening again. Uh, but so so it's time to put it away. Sorry, Muhammad Salah and uh, son. I actually packed you this year. You were fun to play with. But I, uh, th- not this year. Not this year. Nope. Time mm. to go back in your little box. Um, and <laughs> yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And, don't forget uh, to yeah. poke air holes. <laughs> yep. And put like or a don't. piece of bread in there or something. <laughs> Just rattling. Ah, let me out. Cup let me of out. water. Uh, I I will be I will be uh maybe just playing with some friends, enjoying the World Cup mode and everything, but it's so grindy and it's mm. so pay to win. Um, yeah, you yeah. know, you get into some of those modes and you're just like, How do you have a million coin team? How much money did you spend on this game? This is ridiculous. Um, and I refuse to do that. I'm too busy. I have two jobs and too many social engagements. So I'm done with that. You social engagement. Mm. But how will you boost your social links if you don't have the engagement? Exactly. How will That's I build my social Yeah, it's true. Yeah. How will you yeah. learn how to high five your friends so they punch people? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lex is being excited about the World Cup. Can I be a, a killjoy about the World Cup really quickly? 
Sure, he may as well. It doesn't yeah, make a difference to me. The World Cup sucks. <laughs> I wouldn't go that the, far. I think this I think year was in it. This year, the World Cup is in Qatar. Uh, normally, the World Cup takes place in summer, but it's taking place in the winter. Why is it taking place in the winter? Because Qatar is too freaking hot. Too hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the summer, it is uh, completely absurd. It's also taking place. Uh, but it's taking place in Qatar because of massive graft, because they bribed FIFA in one of the worst uh, bribery cases to the point that the U.S. Uh, U.S. federal law enforcement was actually raiding the FIFA offices over it. And like Dang. people were resigned. And then a lot of migrant workers died building those stadiums. They're virulently anti-gay uh, mm-hmm. executives are <clears throat> people who are contractors from other countries are coming in and like getting disappeared. It's not yeah. great. It's no, it's not, not great. a good scene. Yeah. You know, there, as a sports fan, there are so many times where I'm made to feel a fool mm-hmm. for being a sports mm-hmm. fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is one of them. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest. And, you know, at least from an American fan's perspective, the World Cup is on at the absolute worst time. It interrupts the Premier League, which is annoying. It is going to be on in the middle of hockey, basketball, college football and the NFL. So it has way too much competition. It's just a, it's just a disaster mess and uh, don't like it. So that's my world cup rant. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's me done talking about soccer, at least for a while. Uh, Eric, what have you been playing? Uh, I've, I've got two things. I'm going to touch on one real quick that we'll circle back around to a couple weeks from now. Uh, I do have tactics ogre reborn. Uh, I can say that within the extent of my uh, <laughs> agreed upon uh, statement. I haven't played much of it, I'm, like fully honest. And that's because I've been playing a bunch of other stuff, some of which we'll talk about in the fall RPG uh, breakdown. But um, that is something I'm really looking forward to dipping some time into. Um, I did play like the first battle uh and I did like a side by side comparison of the original because I was like, huh, you know, graphics aren't that bad, but, you know, something's weird about their chins. And I went and looked at the old game <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, that was that way in the original, too. They've always had weird chins. OK, <laughs> that, weird, chins. weird, weird chins was my my hang up in some weird way. But I'll have more to talk about on the review. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll can you please put that in the review. Mm-hmm. bad chins if we had a pros con section on on detoid god i wish um, too much water weird chins the thing that is not in the fall rpg catch-up that i am going to talk about though is a little indie game i think all of you should know about called slice and dice uh, i found out about this because of the good folks over at waypoint radio who are talking it up on a recent episode and I went out and ventured and tried it out. Uh, it is $7. And the idea is you have an adventuring party and you go into an encounter and you're up against some enemies and they roll their die. And each of the die has a face that that says like what they're going to do. Right. So like one of their faces may be like attack a party member for three damage. Another one might be like hit three party members for one damage, that sort of thing. And then you roll your die. And you basically have the choice of either locking in a die, you know, Yahtzee style, you can lock it in or you can re-roll up to two times to try and get different things. And all the different party members have different die that correspond to what they do. So like the mage can build up mana, the healer can heal, uh, the defender has uh, faces dedicated to both attacking and defending. So like blocking for other people, putting shields up. Uh, 
and and it's it starts out very basic uh and then you start adding more wrinkles on top of it and you start building and building and building so you get this idea of like oh i can upgrade my scoundrel my rogue character to be a juggler and a juggler is interesting because all of his abilities don't do a lot of damage but he has faces uh called cantrips so when you roll it if a cantrip is face up it gets played but you can still re-roll that die you don't have to lock it in and use it to to play it you just automatically play that face when it rolls face up so the juggler if you keep re-rolling over and over again can do a lot of damage but he has two faces that are blank so you're like risking the fact that you might get to the part where you actually play your die and you don't have anything to work with but what if your mage has the ability to expend two mana to turn all blank faces into deal four damage? Now you've balanced yourself out and now you're just slipping down this hole that it, that's what kept me up until 1 a.m. last night. Like cats over here playing FIFA. I'm over here like I just one more roll. <laughs> just one more. I, I got this. You know, I, this this party. It, it was bad. It started out bad. But I'm cooking. I'm Dang. cooking now. Um it's got slay the spire energy and oh, i don't say that lightly you're saying the um, words i yeah. i do not Ooh. invoke that lightly um because i have been down that hole many a time and uh there's something about this one that i think the mix of it's got a really good like kind of pixel art graphic style that i think everyone in here will get immediately like rosy and nostalgic about uh, it, you can play it on mobile as well as PC. Um, it's an indie game. So it's like it's it's supporting an individual creator, which is really neat. It's not even on Steam. You have to go to itch to to buy it and you download an executable and and unpack it. But there are like hundreds of different hero classes to unlock uh, a bunch of different items that you can get that will add interesting ideas. Like last night I was playing where I had one character who was a Valkyrie who their attacks did more um, either if they were at full health or going to die that turn. So you were basically playing on the extremes. Like I want this character either completely safe or like riding that line (laughs) to the end. And when, when they're riding that line, they have a bunch of abilities that can be like this turn. You can't take fatal damage. That's one of the die faces that they can roll. And they also have a lot of abilities that are death, which which death wish, which uh, doubles the potency of any move. If you like, if you are currently going to take fatal damage in the current state that you play it. Um, It is a wildly inventive game that I think is so, so cool. And, and I bring it up because we're about to talk about a bunch of really awesome games that all of them, except for Neo, the world ends with you coming to steam, which got no marketing fanfare. (laughs) I I was like, what the hell that came out, but all of, all of them like get backing. They're from publishers. They're from these studios that are pushing them that want them to get out there. This is like one creator's project on itch. It's so neat. It's so fresh. It is honestly something that I keep going back to. It has been my cool down game every night when I'm just sitting here at like midnight. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know if I want to go sleep yet. I'm like not tired, tired yet. Maybe I'll just boot up some slice and dice. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll drop a link into the Discord chat and all that. Um, but it is it is a really cool game that I think a lot of people in this Discord would enjoy if they like the idea of like die based roguelikes with very like slay the spire but also like classic party like you like imagine the, your final fantasy party was a yahtzee game and you were just trying to get to the end of the adventure by playing yahtzee and leveling them up along the way and that's kind of the 
the vibe of this game and it works. It works so well. I wish it was on switch. It sounds like it's my jam. Yeah. Again, this is that's kind of why I'm like support this developer support this team because uh, I would like to see them bring it to more stuff. I'd love to see them go um, to steam. I'd love to see them just like be in more places and get recognition because this game is really, really cool. Well, I literally just bought it because this sounds fantastic. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm very anxious to to try it. One copy sold. <laughs> yep. There you go. Where's your commission? I gave oh, five no. extra dollars to the devs, too. So I, I did that as well. I love that itch lets you do that. that they're like, yeah. here's how much like they have says the price tag. Do you want to give them more? And I like I rounded mine up because it's like seven bucks. So I was like, give them ten. They can keep the change. I This game looks neat. And I've gotten more than ten dollars of enjoyment out of it. Scott, what are you playing? Um, so really right now I'm kind of in a lull because um, I like you had mentioned at the start, I recently got done with Trails Trails from Zero. That was wonderful. Um, and then I also checked out another indie game. It's the first indie first main release from Ocean Drive Studio. I think it was called Lost Idolins. It's basically mm-hmm. what you mm-hmm. would get if you took if Dragon Age and Fire Emblem had a baby. Um, that's really the, the best way to describe it. It has the grid based tactical nature of the Fire Emblem games where you have to like contend with weaknesses, mm-hmm. but it has a much heavier focus on outfitting and gear and equipment for your characters. Mm. Um, it's really cool. It's got it's definitely got some rough patches, like loads of loading, like tons of loading screens, a lot of loading mm-hmm. screens, mm-hmm. kind of abrupt. Uh, fades to black like when they're transitioning it's just little rough patches like that but overall the gameplay is really really solid story is like meh it's nothing to super write home about but it's actually a fairly challenging tactical rpg which i respect and there's a like a story mode normal hard and then you can have permadeath on or off if you wish really solid first entry it's from a korean studio the first time i tried it was at pax west a couple months back and then uh it recently released a couple weeks ago or yeah, last week, last week, mm, Thursday. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's been a lot of fun and kind of my relaxed game before, before bed has, I've actually been replaying rogue or rogue galaxy, uh, the PS2, but I've been playing it on my steam deck. So, Oh, okay. I love, I love rogue galaxy. I think it was criminally underrated and deserves a sequel. Um, but yeah, so that's, those are the main things I've been playing, dabbling a little, Game Boy Advance Castlevania games, trying to platinum oh. the Advance collection. Area of Sorrow is brilliant. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd love to see an upscale of that someday. I just finished all the trophies for that game in the Advance collection, got all the souls and everything. Yeah, it's... I love the Game Boy Advance games, and I hope we get eventually a DS collection as well. Oh, for sure. I'd love that. I just want Symphony of the Night on Switch. I just... That's all I want out of life. Yeah. Come on. But all of the games... On the Nintendo Switch. I agree. Well, the good news is the Steam Deck exists. It already has all of the games. See, I'm a Steam Deck stand now. I love the Steam Deck. I've Steam noticed Deck costume. I've swapped over. Like, it's before I would always. I'm one of those people that I will buy a game on, like, PlayStation just for the trophies. But then there's a part of me. I will also buy the Switch port just in case. Eventually, I'll get that just hankering. Just in case. Just to play it portably, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll also get it on on that. But now, like with Steam Deck, it's like 
you only need one. Yeah, and it's like like with Project Triangle or Triangle Strategies release and like Bravely mm-hmm. Default Two mm-hmm. and a lot of mm-hmm. those HD two D games also coming out later on Steam Deck. It's like I could play better versions of these mm-hmm. Switch games, moddable also versions per, of Triangle Strategy. Yeah. Oh, it's it's tempting. I might mm-hmm. Switch might just turn into my Nintendo exclusive machine, and then the my portable itch will be. My my uh, feelings my will Steam change deck. when they finally release a Steam a Switch Pro. I'm still I, I'm too addicted to the OLED. That screen just has me, and also the OLED, OLED screen is great. Yeah. Yeah. Steam Deck is just too too bulky. I don't like holding it. I don't. It like is it very feels. bulky. It just I takes agree. me back to Game Gear. Yeah, it, it's bulky. But then I play a game that like I still can't talk about this one. Uh, you play a game that is like just right where you want to be fully in it. And like the OLED kind of gets you there, but the Steam Deck, it's like just enough screen where like I don't have a periphery anymore. And I'm just smaller screen than the switch, though. Like those bezels are huge. Also, I have tiny hands. (laughs) I'm tired of these jokes about my tiny hands. (laughs) I mean, the first such incident. No joke. The Steam Deck is actually bigger than Nadia. Like she. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's that's a fact. I could I I control the buttons by jumping on it like Tom Mm -hmm. Hanks and big. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the exactly. giant G4 uh, NES controller, RIP G4. I mm. met oh, Nadia, I that. and that girl is, she, she's not tall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the Steam Deck, uh, the Steam Deck is, feels big for me as yeah. well. It's but basically I, the size if you are you have the Hori Pro controller plugged into it. Yeah. It's yeah. about the same size. I was reflecting that I have like, literally 10 machines in my in this room that I'm sitting in right now that could are dedicated to video games. Imagine and, going back uh, in time and telling your like, you know, 10-year-old self about like you have so many video games. Wow, and no time to play them. Ah! I mean, I <laughs> constantly This is our curse. Mm-hmm. I will often go to the library on my Switch and be like, just imagine tell, telling telling 10-year-old cat that you got a portable beautiful portable machine that has N64, SNES, NES, you know, uh, Sega Genesis games, like tons of them, plus various other, like practically all the games that you could ever want. And it's all right there on that machine. Can you imagine? And all it cost you was horrible global warming and atrocities Mm -hmm. happening around the planet. That's Mm -hmm. it's the Mm trade-off. Video games anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, global warming. Yeah, Yeah, global warming or or video games. (laughs) Dude, I'm depressed enough. Jeez. <laughs> but wow. you can play Metal Gear Solid That's in a like mood. the I can't library. play Metal Gear Solid on my Switch. Well, officially. Oh, oh, that house. I w- I haven't updated, I haven't modded my Steam Deck because uh <clears throat> I don't want to break it. You actually you don't need to mod it. Like there's you just run an executable and it just puts yeah. stuff in your Steam load up it's, it's it super is, easy it is very easy to do these things allegedly on a steam deck it is <laughs> super easy the, the more difficult part is burning your own games to them yes to, yes to use the t- completely legal mm-hmm. software mm-hmm. emulation mm-hmm. software i loved when valve accidentally promoted a switch emulator and its trailer for the <laughs> that steam was deck. great that was hilarious somebody probably got a very angry phone call that day no, oh, it was yeah. probably Gabe Newell's Steam Deck. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, wait. <laughs> it probably was. It probably was. Yeah, you're right. It's for game preservation. People want to there preserve those brand new Switch games that aren't out yet that have been leaked by influencers. Oh, God. 
<laughs> Nadia, uh, it looks like you've been playing Final Fantasy XIV. I'm shocked. I really haven't had much time this week to play much, but uh, yeah, with the new patch out, I kind of did the beast quests, which are adorable because, of course, they're one big Douglas Adams joke. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Beyond that, just kind of played, uh, dinked around with Shovel Knight Dig. I'm still kind of like, okay, I don't really want to dedicate the time and patience necessary to get the good ending, but I'm not being able to stop myself. I keep trying for it. So I'm still playing Shovel Knight Dig here and there, and I actually downloaded Persona 5 Royal. I haven't played it yet. Downloaded the um, near Automata Switch port too, so mm-hmm. I've got enough to mm-hmm. play, and nice. God knows more is coming. But I just kind of got to find the time to say, okay, I, I'm going to sit and play games for several hours. All right, that's it for what we've been playing, and now it's time for a series of random encounters. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet previews are in the wild, and here's an interesting little tidbit. NPC trainers can no longer force you into battle. You have to go and ask ask them for their opinion on shorts rather than being told about it. Um, there's a new Final Fantasy 16 trailer, lots of big battles, action, and icons. I thought it was really cool. I mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. enjoyed so good. that trailer. I am here to say that this game is basically Final Fantasy VI's War of the Magi. And mm-hmm. if you remember in Final Fantasy VI, there was an underground castle. That was the exact same scenario where kingdoms were fighting each other using Esper slash icons. And that had a whole thing where the queen was in love with Odin. Odin, rather. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. Final Fantasy XVI, we're going to have so much monster effing. It's just going to be like, <laughs> okay, who's the queen this time? Who's she going to sleep with this time behind we, her husband's I mean, back? We, this is good stuff. Have- we have canonical doing in in multiple trailers now. We have seen is have. canonical. Never so. mind that. Final Fantasy VI is canonical doing between espers and humans. That's how Terra mm-hmm. came to be. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. Sorry, mm-hmm. but sparkle so, dance. Yeah. <laughs> sparkle dance. Sparkle so, dance. This is going to be a good time. I'm I'm stoked for sixteen. Plus, I trust Yoshi P with my life. So there you are. Trust Yoshi P with your life. Uh, Neo, The World Ends With You has surprise dropped on Steam. Fallout 76 lead designer Eric Baudin dropped Pass Away. Fans have left a touching in-game tribute. Blizzard Albany won the right to stage a vote uh, for unionization. And uh, this is a little bit non-RPG, but uh, there was a big dust-up last weekend when uh, the Platinum Games and former Bayonetta VA Helena Taylor became mired in a dispute over pay in which she uh, said that she was only paid $4,000 and Platinum uh, said, no, actually it was $15,000 and here's our here's documentation and a lot back and forth, but 
I think more importantly, it kind of sparked a discussion, maybe over a fair payment voice actors, one in mm-hmm. which uh, our own Victor Hunter uh, participated. So go check that out. Today's uh, top story. Guys, there's a lot of RPGs that came out this month. Like a, mm-hmm. a frick ton mm-hmm. of them. And uh, to talk about them, we're joined by the Professor RPG himself, who uh, reviewed Trails from Zero uh, last month, about a month ago. Exactly. This time. And, Gosh, was uh, it already a month? Scott, how much, how much of a Trails fan are you for context? Yes, yeah, so I have played all of the localized games. I've actually am currently part way through the upcoming Trails into Reverie, but the PC version that has a fan English patch mm-hmm. on the PC. Right. So I started that. Um, but yeah, so I got my start with the series with Cold Steel um, in a, a re- review, and I jumped into there and then I kind of just got hooked. So I did the cold steel games, went back to play the sky games and now finally jumping into the crossbell arc with trails from zero and next year's uh, trails to Azure. So big fan. I have not played. Well, I played some of four cold steel four. Is it beneficial for me? I actually know these characters who are in Mm -hmm. uh, trails from zero. Is it beneficial for me to just kind of go into it or should I finish cold steel first? Um, I would say, in my opinion, I think Trails from Zero is the best place to start getting mm. into the Trails series at this point. Um, mm. The Sky Games, I think, definitely worth playing. And if you have a PC and enjoy playing like long RPGs on PC, yeah. definitely give those a, a shot too. play them. They feel a bit more aged. For but sure. Mm. But they're so by, good. By pl- ex- oh, they're wonderful. Wonderful stories. That whole arc was fantastic. But with Trails from Zero now being available much more readily on on the Switch, on PC, on PlayStation, it's a very good jumping in point, and you won't necessarily spoil a lot of things for yourself from the liberal arc where the Sky Games take place. Right, with right, because the, they're yeah. all kind of a separate thing. The thing I remember most yeah. about, like, they were referenced, that the team in, in Trails yeah. from Zero, they were referenced in 3, weren't they? You yes. find their headquarters, and the cat the cat is still there. And yes. I remember that because the cat kind of gives you this half lidded look and hisses at you, and it was just the mm-hmm. cutest thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think if you're going to, you can start Cold's the Cold Steel series first. I did, but I would recommend after Cold Steel two, go back and play the previous games. Right, like, right. If at all possible, don't start with three because you will be lost. And if it does interest you you will spoil a lot of big moments from mm. the previous games in Cold Steel 3 and Cold Steel 4. I am still salty. Eric, I don't know if you remember this, but you were supposed to do an interview with some of the guys from Falcom, and I, I helped you come up with a, a list of questions about Cold Steel. And one of the ones I asked was, what is up with these books that say, Christ, who's going to die first? That's If you go around Cold Steel 1, 2, 3, and 4, there's just books that have on the cover it says Christ who's going to die first. And I said, what is with that? Why are you doing this? Why is it a statement? Is it a joke? Is it a reference to, I think it's a reference to an album or a song. Never got an answer about that. <laughs> I don't remember. Ever I have no any memory of, those. of this. <laughs> look it up. Like, I swear to God, if you look it up, like people talk about it all the time. It's not a hidden uh, thing or anything like that. It's just the weirdest little reference that 
nobody really understands, I guess. I don't, that's for sure. I don't remember I mean, encountering any of those. I'll have it to... is another thing to add to my growing list of times <laughs> that uh, Christianity is referenced in a world that has no basis for it, uh, which is a really fun list, by the way. <laughs> my favorite example of that is Terranigma, where uh, you revive the world as Ark, and you go into a deep sleep until the fifth chapter, which is when humanity wakes up. Ark wakes up, there's civilization everywhere, goes to a church, Jesus is hanging on the wall. And I'm like, how? Mm-hmm. How did that happen? Mm-hmm. We're, we're playing a game with God. Here's mm-hmm. God. Did uh, the you have Cars a child? universe Arc? has Christmas, uh, which implies the existence of Christianity, which is very fun. I love that stuff so much. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a curious point. You should totally do a top 10 list of uh, <laughs> Christian iconography that oh, doesn't make sense a, in RPGs. Yeah. I'd have top a ball. 10, top 10 RPG Christmases would be very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is there a Christmas RPG? Good. Is there a Christmas RPG? You this know, is, like this the, is good post show content. Say... Let's not burn post show content. Okay, <laughs> okay. Well, we'll we'll talk about the individual holiday RPGs because, well, I mean, there is an RPG where you fight Santa. So yes, sir. Is yeah. I mean, no, I mean, there's a world where there's an RPG where you rescue Santa. That's the one. Oh man, Sigdamana. Yeah, Sigdamana yeah. would do that. Yeah, he was yeah, stealing yeah. a, a yeah. monacy to to grow a big Christmas trees to bring all the children of the world together. It went terribly wrong. I love Sigdamana. It's so off the wall. So Trails from Zero is a good starting point for people yes. who are new to the series? I think it's a wonderful starting off, jumping off point. It's the most approachable in terms of just ease of play right, right now. Um, you get the most bang for your buck without ruining everything. Like, without ruining a lot of big points from the other games. You'll, right. There will definitely be Easter eggs and things you'll miss, or it won't be as impactful to you. But overall, the character, the cast is fantastic. The writing is very good. I love the Geofront localization. The fact that NIS got this dedicated team of fan, fan translators who did, did put together and release this amazing fan translation and then recruited them to kind of and rework and bought their script for it really well done i love how um one thing though if you do play this game after you open treasure chests uh, interact with the treasure chests again because much like trails in the sky each treasure chest will have a funny message that like (laughs) breaks the fourth wall Mm -hmm. and some of them are very very good Mm-hmm. I always like it when developers yes. do that. So, so those are those are very good. But yeah, one of the treasure wonderful... chests says Christ, who's going to die first? I bet. <laughs> um, <laughs> one's like a playoff of the often used now word from our sponsored NordVPN, but it's <laughs> oh, uh, uh-huh. orbital devices are big in the game. Yeah, it's basically there. So the treasure chest will say now a message from our spor- sponsor orbital VPN. <laughs> um, little things like that. Uh, use your use your Orville across uh, across state lines. Exactly. Or VPN official sponsor of Axe of the Blood God. Well, not anymore. <laughs> now we hate NordVPN for, for a spell. Just, yeah, for a spell. But um, if they want to, if series. they want us to like them again, they can sponsor us yeah. again. That's if all they, I'm saying. They want us to like you us. Can be bought. I mean, money. money. Yeah, I like people for money. I'm good with friendships as long as money involved. I'll talk forever. <laughs> 
Though we've turned down <laughs> sponsorships because we were like, eh, we don't like the product or we don't think it's a fit. Okay. One, one of my pitches for one of those was very good. All right. <laughs> if I am on here pitching ball shaving kits, you know, something has gone terribly <laughs> wrong with me, please come to my house and shoot me because I'm obviously rabid. Thank you. This has been an endorsement from Nadia. <laughs> Speaking you, of Nadia. getting people to like you for money, uh, how's Persona 5 Royal? Are we all thinking about dipping back in? I mean, I'm I know Kat, you're back playing. In. I told you I'm uh, back. I got it on my portable yeah. Steam Deck, my new favorite console. I'm you're you're back in. You're you're yeah. in, but for for those of well, us who have gone the through game, the Persona Gauntlet one or two times. I love that it starts on April 9th, my birthday. Which uh it was oh, just to mine's be. a week earlier. I'm on the second. Feels like a sign that it starts on my birthday. Mm. April babies. Mm-hmm. My brother's an April baby. We're are you pretty an Aries? Cool. Yeah, I'm an Aries. Oh, you're totally you're totally an Aries. You you got that personality. Who me? Yeah, Aries are like very like just foregoing. They're very like, you know, forceful. <laughs> they're they're powerful. You want to live in a household oh. that never has peace, have a mother who's a Leo and a brother who's an Aries. You'll never sleep again. Her my partner's personality? A Leo. How did it- <laughs> How does that work out for you guys? How, how does it work having a, a Leo as a partner? Yeah. Well, she's very forceful. <laughs> uh, but I, I believe it was described as a Leo is like the lion that is very angry, except when uh, an Aries shows up and Aww, is basically nice. bouncing around and everything. And the Leo's like, I think you're kind of cool, actually. <laughs> I'm into you. Aww, that's so sweet. We, we bounce off each other very well. But... Um, that was a weird digression. Anyway. Yeah, no, every time we have tried to get this podcast back on track, Nadia has reached Sorry. over and grabbed the steering wheel <laughs> and tugged it back towards the cliff. She plays her trap card. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Screw the rules. Pod- I have I money. play podcast diversion. I mean, Nadia's played through Persona 5 at least twice at this point. I didn't mm-hmm. finish Royal. So when I heard that it was coming to Switch, I, I stopped uh, p- trying to get through the hamburger factory, and I said, "Okay, mm, I'm gonna start mm, over again mm-hmm. on the Switch." I had ideas of finishing Persona Five this year. I don't think that's gonna happen. I'll have to settle for getting through most of Act Three of Dragon Quest Eleven instead. Heck yeah! But, uh, I'll, I'll finish some game. I'll finish a game. I'm gonna roll credits on something that I haven't finished before. It'll be great. What about you, Eric? I was like vibing out to some Persona 5 music this morning because I was just mm. in the mood. Everyone was talking about Persona and getting all excited. And I was like, oh, this music. I think it's the music from the Hamburger Factory, or it might be one of the other ones, but it's that like. It's, uh, I don't know. I know the tune, but I don't know. the. It's, it's not the Hamburger Factory. I know that. Yeah, and and like, but even some of the, I mean, the music. Dun, dun. Oh, that's the that's the new battle theme. Dun, 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 no, that's dun, that's dun. a different. That's a, oh, okay. I'll, I'll send you the track later. But all right, like even like beneath the mask when it's raining oh, and you're like walking so around peaceful. and it's just like uh, dun, dun, that's dun, one of my favorite dun, vibes dun, from a video game ever. Oh. I remember so well playing it, the original game, and just like, the the season and everything, just the humidity in the air. It was yes. so takes oh, me right back. You hear like I actually have this is like very specific, but, you know, you have your like playlist that you listen to while you work. And one of them is like a Persona 5. It's meant to like imitate like coffee shop noise. So it kind of has like ambient white noise of like chatter. It's got like some fake rain playing in the background. And so Mm -hmm. when you open the video, there's like a little uh, 
jingle like from a bell over a door and it starts with that like and it just like the endorphins that flood over me in that moment and just Mm -hmm. like good feelings good brain feelings um but then i was like as much as i want to just vibe in that world like playing persona 5 is not vibing in that world like i can boot up Final Fantasy 14 and just go like hang out at old places that like have that sort of I, I was in old Charlie and doing some patch content recently and I was like just kind of hanging out and I was like yeah you hear you listen to the music they got that Charlie and night theme going and you're oh, just kind of hanging out yeah. and vibing like Persona doesn't have a lot of room for that the and gathering I, mm-hmm. I wish the there was would. a way to like dip back in without necessarily like having to just take the full plunge mm-hmm. into it and i don't know what the answer to that is yet and it might just be getting persona 5 royal and forcing myself to play through it but um it's it is compelling it is very compelling as compelling. is the idea of playing near automata again but yeah um, yeah that's I going to, to happen one way or another anyways so if you look behind me you will kind of see a little bit of a beanbag chair it's a big mm-hmm, mm-hmm. comfy moon pod that is perfect <laughs> for laying in with my steam deck and or switch I need and enjoying for example xenoblade chronicles 3 uh-huh. oh so good mm-hmm. i haven't finished <laughs> what why are you laughing at me because <laughs> i finally forced you back into it by big, no, you by didn't. bugging you. Okay, oh. I didn't. I, I, Are you enjoying it? Meaning, at least? I've been meaning to finish it. Well, that's good. I, I do want to finish it. I enjoy it. It's not a zero sum game with me. Gosh. <laughs> you made it sound no, like it last No, but it is for time. Nadia. But it is for <laughs> Nadia. <laughs> but don't you remember, like, Vivi was on and she said, uh, I think the game, I, I haven't, you know, I don't think it's the best game of the year. And Cass, like, yes. It's like, why are you cheering? Because I don't think it's the best game of the year. That's a mean thing to say. <laughs> Because I don't. Okay, well, I'd cheer that. Why not just say, okay, well, I get it. It's not because for me I, Because all I've done is listen for like two solid months of people being like, not only is Xenoblade Chronicles 3 the best game of the year, it's one of the best games of all time. I'm like, settle the F down, my God. Well, I don't, honestly don't know if it's going to be able to beat Elden Ring for me, but it's, yeah. it's still a great game. Yeah, it's a great game. I want to finish it. Uh, I'll have a fuller opinion of it. Uh, It's kind of like Avatar. Like I started off a little cool on it and then I kept liking it more and more. Maybe that's the case with uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. It was that for me too. Similar vibes, I think. um, Mm -hmm. That one. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, no, it's so yeah, like I have a very cushy, nice, relaxing place to just kind of chill and vibe with uh, Persona 5. Yeah, I want one of those. I want yeah. I want the the Snorlax beanbag I talked about last week, and I kind of want to just play at least one one day per night on Persona Five Royal, and then if I end up playing more, that's fine. If I don't end up playing more, also fine. And then you know just keep a steady cadence going because I think mm. that's how mm-hmm. you do it with those games. I tried sure, to do that with sure. Persona Three uh, Portable, but I got really derailed by the Tartarus runs. Mm. It was, mm. I felt like obligated. To spend a long time in those runs and it got exhausting actually uh-huh, uh-huh. so uh yeah but um so okay so we talked a little bit about trails from zero talked a little bit about persona 5 royal i don't really want to talk about valkyrie elysium actually <laughs> sorry is it bad it just says a worthy new entry or a dmc side story 
I, that, that's Cat what the description shrugs. says. I would not call it a worthy new entry. Might be the first Valkyrie profile file game I don't actually finish. I even finished the tactics game, which is fine. Oh, oh uh, Revenant of the Plume. Oh, Covenant, Covenant, of Covenant of the, yeah. the Plume. Yeah, that was an yeah. underrated. It was an underrated was game. Underrated. I didn't play a ton of it, but I liked it. The conceit was interesting, even though yeah. the conceit boiled down to don't ever use this thing they give you, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> don't use. It was almost very Yoko Taro in a way of like, we're going to give you yeah. something. But like, if you use it, like you'll find out later that you should go back and not we're, use it. Actually, you are a horrible person. If you we're giving you a mechanic that, that you should never, ever use or you will get you the want bad to use ending. the plume. Don't you nine S? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so actually, it's not as bad as people say, but it's also not very good. Um, mm, mm-hmm. And uh, it's because the, the battle system's fun. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. Um, it has good vibes. It's actually surprisingly nice. Every time I look at that beautiful key art, because the mm-hmm. key art's gorgeous, gorgeous. I think to myself, I got the game. Rest of the game, live up to this key art. Gosh. Um, uh, I, I wish there was a little more to it, mm, a little more mm-hmm. to chew on. I, I, I've said on this podcast before that I adored Valkyrie Profile because it felt fully formed. Like you walked into mm, this world mm-hmm. that was already there, kind of started in media res, and you were kind of finding your way into it like Lenneth. And as mm, you delve mm-hmm. deeper and deeper and deeper, you discovered more and more about not just the world, but yourself and the world around you. And that everything presented to you was not as it seemed. And thus far, it does not seem like Valkyrie Elysium has that level of depth. Maybe it does. Um, maybe it doesn't. But I kind of kind of want to keep going. But you know, you may have heard that I got lost in FIFA till 1 a.m. last night. So mm-hmm. uh, that's the rumor. It's a little there. difficult. Could wait until it comes to PC and you can play it on your Steam Deck and your comfy vibe. vibe <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'll never yeah. see her again. It's, it's a beanbag game. I also got game. God of War Ragnarok on my PS5 now. Um, mm. so, oh, cool. Yeah, that's, I'm writing PR copy for Sony now. So Nice. Uh, I, I kind of want to play through that, I guess, for reasons. I'm not entirely sure why I want to play it outside of a sense of <laughs> obligation. Boy. I enjoyed the first just, game. Just play through and count all the times Kratos says, boy. Speaking mm. of speaking of uh, God of War, speaking of Valkyries, I should say the Valkyrie fights in the God of War twenty eighteen ruled. Yeah, like they were amazing. Yeah. Uh, like, single single handedly elevated that game, in my opinion. I hope they have something nearly that good in God of War Ragnarok. Kratos's favorite U two album is Boy. Boy. I do think that's interesting because, like, one of my initial things with Elysium is that even though it had some of the similar like visuals of Valkyrie profile, what I did like about Valkyrie profile was how like different it looked like, like Lenneth is a very different looking protagonist, you know, maybe like the closest analog is, is um Kane from, from final fantasy four, like, like almost her armor is almost dragoon. Like, yeah, like draconic. Um, but it did have like a different idea going on, but there has not only been, so many games that have taken after that Nordic style since, but like Elysium didn't really do it. It's very washed out. It's very like, yeah, like there's just yeah. a filter over everything. And 
one thing that does work for me in God of War when they're tackling like Nordic stuff is that they're doing it with like a very interesting artistic intent behind it. Those Valkyries look very different from the sort of anime Valkyries of Valkyrie profile. And I think like going back to Elysium, that was a reason why I didn't really click with it because Elysium just kind of looked like an RPG at this point. It didn't even have that like unique aspect of being a little bit more Nordic inspired because at this point that's kind of old hat. Like that's not necessarily unique enough anymore. And they, they were already not doing themselves favors by washing it all out and making it all very grayscale and all that. So yeah, slightly the, some of the presentational elements are really are okay. Actually, like when they're introducing the story and they got the whole mural and everything, but it's hard to sort out if it's supposed to be, a sequel to Valkyrie Profile, as in, like, it takes place afterward because it alludes to mm. battles of Ragnarok. It does. And yeah. Odin getting his arm chewed off or whatever by mm-hmm. cool. uh, Fenrir. Fenrir, yeah. Fenrir yeah. would be the wolf, yeah. Bad puppy. Um, and the world <laughs> itself, oh, good the boy. world itself is very empty. It's just you, really. And mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. going through these haunted villages fighting lost souls, and uh, occasionally you get a nine harrier. And you kind of investigate and you add them to Uh the list. And you are created anew. You're a brand new Valkyrie. But if this is a follow-up to Valkyrie Profile, well, spoiler, I'm going to spoil the end of Valkyrie Profile. So if you don't want to hear the end of Valkyrie Profile story, like either take off your headphones or fast forward like 10 seconds. Okay. Valkyrie Profile ends with Lenneth remaking the world. Mm, uh The world is reborn anew. The third impact, yeah. And she's in charge now, basically, along with Lucian. Hmm. But, and I thought Odin was dead in the original Valkyrie profile because he dies in the lore. Yeah, he dies in Ragnarok, in like the actual Nordic Ragnarok that is the death of Odin. So is this just a reboot game or is this just like a super simple setup and they're just completely disregarding the stories of the original games? I'm just really confused right now. It's funny that it sounds like the original story went through uh, what is it like left Riser, where the world's reborn again that's what, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Le- left riser odin sphere left riser also is like it uses nordic inspirations in ragnarok also a fantastic game really just oh, go play that's that and every um, vanilla wear is just vanilla wear is perfect vanilla wear does not miss has never missed um but it's i this is just a guess this is just an assumption on my part um that sometimes if you don't necessarily know if a game's going to do well, it's kind of easier to just not answer where it is in the timeline, because then theoretically, if you say wanted to revisit that franchise down the line, you might not have to address that game anymore. <laughs> so it was a side story. Maybe Did we say Ragnarok? We vacuum. mean Ragnarok. Uh, mm-hmm. Totally different event. <laughs> no, there's there's a frog in my throat that was Fraggle Rock is what we were talking about. That takes a, <laughs> after the Fraggle events Rock. of Fraggle Rock. Yeah, Down Fraggle Rock. Rock. Um, Put your cares away. Worries we, for we've been talking day. a lot. Uh, we've been talking about uh, ports and such. We haven't talked about near Automata on Switch by which by all accounts is a tiny miracle on that platform. Quite impressive. I downloaded it. better than the PS4 version in some ways. And I'm thinking it's going to be my next game after I'm done with uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. And then I'll worry about Persona 4 because Persona 4 is going to be a lot longer from what I hear. And I've already played once through. So, But I actually never really got to play 
uh, a lot of near. So it's time mm-hmm. for me to, to, to plug that gap. Yeah, it is. It, I would be playing it right now, but people who are familiar with projects I'm a part of, uh, I am not playing near Automata yet for a specific reason that will become apparent in the new year. And that's about all I can say before my co-host hunts me down and kills me for <laughs> spoiling something. Normally but, FM uh, is doing a near automata as their next long play. Wow. Who who could say if it's just automata either? <laughs> uh, but uh, year yeah, 2017, no, like the, the switch, the switch version from what I have seen is legitimately like a, an engineering miracle. Like mm-hmm. I have seen gameplay of it. Um, I was actually, I was actually going to download it and play some of it just to refresh myself a little bit. And uh, I cannot wait to play mm-hmm. it because number one, like near automata is still top five game all time for me. And uh, I cannot believe that they got that thing running on the switch at all, much less running well, because it made my PS4 sound like it was going to That's take right. off into the sun, like a meal's head. So <laughs> it was a mid late gen. It was a mid to late gen RPG on the PS4. PS4 Pro was not out yet right. when it originally came out. And uh, of course, as we know, the Switch is not as good as a PS4. So engineering it to the point where it looks and runs pretty well on the Switch is pretty impressive feat, honestly. Yeah. I actually kind of want to play it on Switch. For what it's worth, Trails from Zero runs exponentially and is much better on Switch than PS4. Also, that's funny. Yeah. Wait, does but Trails from Zero is on PC, right? Yes. So the I should PC get on and Switch Deck? version are very similar, like identical, but the PS4 is like a port of a lacking PS, like kind of PSP-ish version. So like graphically, everything is worse. Has considerably less options in the menu and things you can toggle. Doesn't have a uh, logbook for previous dialogue that you can go back to where the Switch and the PC version. Oh, really? That's that's usually like a a big part of. I always admired how Falcom's games, like they really chart everything out for what you've done and what you need to do. They're very organized that way. Uh, Yeah, there's no. You can't like go back and listen to dialogue and things. Uh, That was a edition from durante games which is like Mm, a mm -hmm, fan mm -hmm. group that went and physically coded these features in that they added for the switch and pc version but the ps4 version no like also another game that runs better on switch than ps4 surprisingly it kind of reminds me of the switch version or sorry the uh ps5 version of persona 5 royal versus the xbox series xs where apparently the xbox series x version of persona 5 royal is a native version whereas oh, right, the right. PS5 version is just a backward compatible version of the PS4 uh-huh. game. Oh, Disappointing. Though I did play the PS4 version of Elden Ring and had a good time. Shows you how much of a leap we made this generation, huh? Yeah, <laughs> uh, you played it on PS4. How did that run? No, I played Elden Ring, the PS4 version, on my PS5. It ran like a dream. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I saw that it had <laughs> it was more reliable in terms of frame rate. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. Than the other ones. And I was like, well, I want a reliable frame rate. That's what I, mm-hmm. that's what I got. I don't have a reliable f- frame rate. Like it's one, one way to nausea town. I just can't deal with it. Mm-hmm. I need a reliable frame rate. And so that's why it's uh, pretty impressive that Nira, and as we know, um, ports from the switch can be pretty variable. 
in that regard. They really can be. They can be like mm-hmm. really in- incredible, like going back as far as Dragon Quest XI S, or they can be kind of trashy. Eric, uh, we've been we've talked about a couple of uh, Square games at this point, um, and I've heard some people wanting a little more chatter about this game. Deal failed Chronicle. Yeah. How hard did you end up getting? Did you end yep. up liking it? Is it yeah, a successful yeah, new franchise for I, Square Enix? Is that is that my bullet point on there? Um, it's yeah. So I finished. It, I wrote my review up. I gave it a, a seven on Destructoid, uh, which I feel is about where that game's at. I actually. So I think the Diofield Chronicle has some really cool ideas. It has a really cool thing going for it. Um, people in the Discord have compared it to things like Rolancer, which I think is like an accurate mm-hmm. comparison. Or or maybe, you know, like your kind of Baldur's Gate to your like real time with pause uh, RPGs. I think it has that kind of vibe, maybe even more so than a strategy RPG vibe. Um, I really like the world. It's a really cool world. I, like it, it feels weird to say that, but you you look at all the games we've talked about so far. They're all from franchises. They're all from things that are like known properties. This is the one game we're talking about out of this whole list that is a new franchise, like a new uh, thing that's mm-hmm. not like a remaster or a port or a sequel or something like that. And I really like the world they constructed, which is this land that is in turmoil because there is. Uh, Dio field, the main area has a bunch of Jade, which is this ancient magic crystal. You know, it's <laughs> it does lift from Final Fantasy heavily, to be fair. Just a bit. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's a very square um, Enix RPG. Yes, to be to be completely fair. But so Dio field loves the old magic. You know, they, they love the ancient magic. But the Empire uh, is trying to invade Dio field because they have figured out how to use uh jade to make magic weapons that anybody can use like you can just make rifles and stuff like that and anybody can use them now uh and there's a lot going on in that setting in that world and those ideas and some of the characters it creates um and i actually its ending is really really wild i think Hmm. it is i know right so you you finished it too scott yes i i played that ending i Number one, it did not earn that ending. They did <laughs> not do the work to get there. Yeah. But they still pulled it off. Like I was sitting there at the end, like, they really did that. Huh. Mm-hmm. Good for them. <laughs> like that's it made me want a second game. I like I sat there after the credits roll. I was like, I want to know more. I want to play more. I want to mm-hmm. see more. And I think the biggest takeaway was that it has some really cool ideas. I love some of the monster battles that happen that feel almost like 14 raid battles where it has different AOEs popping off and you're having to position all your characters around and issue out their attacks, but it's just not refined yet. Yes. There there are a mm-hmm. lot of maps where you're basically just creating a blob and just moving it across the map. And I felt like, especially by the end, there were certain characters that could just solo a map by themselves. You're like assassin character can basically kill everyone in one shot by the end of that game. And uh, there's not a lot of reason to engage with a lot of the systems it's coming up with, you know, like you could try to poison somebody and then use an effect on them and then like wait and time out your stun. But really it's like most effective to just dump damage on everybody because Mm -hmm. what's more effective crowd control than someone being dead, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's very easy. It's it's easy. I felt it was like a very, it had a low 
difficulty and then on top of it it was if you found a good strategy or like you said like good units Mm -hmm. you could really steamroll everything you might have to go back and grind a couple but even grinding was easy yeah and i I rarely even had to do that because even when i was below level i was still like steamrolling some enemies with just the abilities that i had right yeah Um, um yeah it's it's really interesting and I think it's got some good ideas and I will say like I enjoyed my time with it largely, but it is something that I would like to see them take another pass at and really listen to the criticisms on and like think of some ways to to retool some stuff because I think with a round two with a little extra polish with, you know, some lessons learned from the last time, they might be on to something. They might be on to yeah. something. Um, uh which is surprising and exciting. There's no way there's a sequel coming out for this. I, I, oh, I don't you know. You know how many voice of cards games there are? <laughs> I think this is like basically Square Enix throwing everything at the wall. They're actually pretty, being pretty good about getting us sequels and stuff to like their lower tier or quieter stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if there it's, was a sequel. I, I would... I would I wouldn't be surprised if there was a sequel. I would be surprised if it is substantially different from what we have seen mm-hmm. already. And that's exactly. kind of why I'm like hedging this a bit is because voice of cards is a great example. A new voice of cards came out this fall. You might not know about that because another voice of cards came out like six to eight months prior. And then the first voice of cards came out six to eight months prior before that, because they've just kind of churned those things out. And they've largely been pretty samey. And I think that is like somehow somewhere the numbers are matching up right that they want to keep doing this sort of stuff. But I want Diofield to get that little bit of extra love because I think if they do, it'll result in an RPG that is pretty cool. It might rope in some people because like we are in the age of tactics. We are in the era. The the year is still the year of tactics. The year of tactics is measured in 365 days and not in a calendar year. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) we're we're marking from the start when the launch of triangle strategy all the way around. (laughs) Um, But it is it's a good time to be playing tactics games. And I think Dio field could really ride the crest of that wave if it got a little bit of extra love. Yeah, and kind of like what you had mentioned, Kat, about the key art and everything's of Valkyria Elysium, I love the art. Like, the character portraits and everything in Dio Field is some of the best this year. I absolutely, absolutely. love the design. If Even if they could upgrade the visuals so that character models are look a bit more in line and as quality as the portraits mm-hmm, would be mm-hmm. a huge huge jump but mm-hmm. the portrait like the character art and stuff like the drawings so good yes like i absolutely really really like it they and and like the writing's kind of all over the place too because mm-hmm. i think the actual like narrative is kind of messy they do a lot of that like Anyways, over here, someone important, you know, died, but we're not going to show that. We're just going to have the narrator tell you that in the montage and move on to the next battle. And there's some weird ways that they pace that writing out. But there's a lot of also I really loved Waltaquin, who's one of the like kind of core cast members that you have in that game. She has like a really interesting arc that kind of like slowly unfurls and like once you kind of start to see it unfurl it's you can tell where it's going but it's still like a compelling character arc getting there and watching her kind of change and Mm -hmm. if y'all are 
if y'all are doing what I asked you to do and watch Chainsaw Man, uh, she's got like a Makima arc to her that is very fun to watch and and they play it off very well. Also, the names are ridiculous. Walter Quinn Redditch is one of the best JRPG names I've heard in a long time. It's Iscarian. fantastic. Yeah. Iscarian Colchester. Fantastic <laughs> name. That's Andrew a character name. That's what that is. Yeah, that's someone sat down and they were like, I'm not using the back of the book almanac from D&D to name my NPCs. I am writing. I am smushing letters together. And (laughs) there you go. It sounds like diseases. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I will say one of the things that annoyed me about uh, about Dio Field was how there are points when you'll just lose characters from your party and you don't get them back. Yes. Yeah, they, they that, pull in Aerith kind of on you several me. times. <laughs> uh, but I was able to adapt, but that was still like, oh, okay, bummer. Didn't see that coming. I thought that was kind of, I like it when games do that because you suddenly get called out and now you're like, oh, you've been relying on this character, haven't you? They've been the linchpin of your strategy, haven't they been? Wouldn't it be a shame if they just <laughs> betrayed you and left you and you never got those points back that you invested in them? And you do get the equipment back, but yeah. uh, it's, it's like, I, I oh, kind of like okay. that when a game does that, where I'm like, oh, oh, because I mean, like, it's one thing to have a narrative betrayal but a mechanical betrayal yeah, that you stings were my dps <laughs> a mechanical that stings betrayal. extra good wow that's brutal um we're running a little bit out of time um mario plus rabbit sparks of hope also just came out mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. feels like another game that feels a little bit destined to fall be uh between the cracks which is something that i have a hard time figuring out why because it's a mario game and it looks really good and it's been heavily marketed by both uh, Ubisoft. I wonder if it's just not really something our audience would. Ju- well, not saying the games are bad. Apparently, they're they're fantastic. But it's just not the kind of thing our audience would play when they have XCOM right there or Valkyrie Chronicles right there. Uh, I maintain that it's the damn rabbits. Well, rabbits the rab- mm, Okay, it's so let me real, tell you this: it's not a real Nintendo game. It's made by Ubisoft. It's very well done, but there's something about it that feels just um, a little wrong but it's so right in sparks of hope. So I, yes. I also just finished sparks of hope and actually wrote and published my review today. Um, I regret to inform you that I now like the rabbits. No, um, I, I like no ponds now. So it's got, and be. so they, <laughs> they let the rabbits talk in this one, um, which you would think would be terrible, would be yes. like the minions. And, and I want to go on on record as saying the minions suck. The minions are the worst. And with the rabbits, they have them do kind of caricatures of the characters that are that they are portraying. And Rabbit Luigi, I still don't know what his deal is. Rabbit Peach, we all kind of remember from Kingdom Battle, is that kind of like taking selfies all the time, like Valley Girl type, and I, that's fun, that's enjoyable. Uh, whenever she kills an enemy in Sparks of Hope, she's like, "It's been real," and it's, like, <laughs> it's very enjoyable. Um, Edge is kind of fun. Edge is the new character who's this like skater girl, um, you know, alt alt goth girl, uh, very, you know, TikTok inspired, whatever you want to call it. Um, and Rabid Rosalina is very relatable as this uh character that just wants to sleep all the time and read books and yeah. and like hates that she's being bothered with any of this. And uh, I dig that. But Rabid Mario is a national treasure because Rabid Mario is just a braggadocious 
conceited uh loves the size of his own non-existent biceps dude who's like hey mama mia when it gets hit <laughs> and and he'll like open a treasure chest and something will pop out it'll be like oh you got a new weapon skin or whatever and he's like this is the greatest moment of my life <laughs> and it's like someone expect- trying to do mario schwarzenegger and borat all at the same time <laughs> and my wife. it's so so good. Goes it's up the so funny every time. I was so mad how much I liked Rabid Mario by the end because he also has a massive crush on Edge, the the goth girl Rabid, and keeps trying to like show off for her. So like, there's a part where he makes like a big muscular snowman and like sits at the top at it. So he's like flexing and stuff. It's oh my god, I love it. It's really good and it is a genuinely actually very very good tactics game. It is a really solid tactics game with some really clever ideas, uh, really smart customization of your characters and giving them different abilities that can then proc in different ways, depending on how you've kitted out your characters. That feels really refreshing and new. And uh, there are other things that I kind of, you can read my review on Destructoid if you want like a big 1300 word rundown on it, but um, it is a surprisingly solid tactics RPG. And I, I actually do agree, Kat. I think it is going to be, not as well remembered and i think that's a shame because i this this team i think with kingdom battle they surprised everybody and were like hey this works with sparks of hope they've shown like hey it can work and we're not just making mario and rabbit xcom we're making our own thing and it it like they changed enough about it that it feels not like xcom anymore it feels like their own tactic strategy game and better for it even it, this is better than kingdom battle easily uh so yeah i really hope this doesn't get lost in the fold because it is i don't think it's like a contender for a top spot or anything but i'd be surprised if it's not on my end of the year list it was a really enjoyable time i i want to add the next part of what i was going to say okay yeah i started playing it and Mm -hmm. i was immediately taken by the presentation the quality of the presentation and i think that the tactics element works extremely well actually mm-hmm. i love the 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 circle that you can run around in i do actually even though it's not strictly nintendo and it feels just the tiniest bit off um all of the characters at least look right for the most part mm-hmm. um yeah and act like roughly like they should the minions are not the minions the rabbits are not completely overbearing uh, they're just kind of this weird thing that's like, yeah, th- these guys are here for some reason. I love the maps. love the look mm, of the maps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, looks mm-hmm. phenomenal on the Switch. It's one of the best looking Switch games, no doubt. And the second that I started playing, I was like, yeah, I kind of vibe with this. I, I think I want to keep playing. I don't think I would have played it. I think I don't think I would have bought it if I hadn't been given a code. But right. having been given a code and given a chance to actually try it, I'm like, oh, this is all right. And I, j- I just feel a little sad because I... It feels like a tremendous tactics game mm-hmm. that for reasons that I can't quite suss, just can't break out. And maybe it's just because it's not Mario tactics. Maybe it's because of the Mario yeah. plus rabbits element. Could which be. makes it yeah. feel like a, uh, you know, a spinoff, which it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a little bit of that feeling where it's like, oh, this is not a Nintendo game. This is like a Nintendo licensed game, which is which is a shame because like there there is that moment that is kind of hard to shake that in some ways. But I think the ways in which they play with that are really fun and really interesting. Um, 
yeah give it a try like honestly if you're listening to this and you're, you're sitting here like oh this sounds kind of cool it is worth a try it is worth checking out i honestly like compared to a lot of other games heck compared to most other ubisoft games <laughs> like oh yeah you, you could yeah. play that another... bar's lowering yeah I, I, yeah I... <laughs> you think about that right like look i admittedly am not a huge fan of ubisoft games to begin with outside of like the assassin's creed franchise which i have a weird love-hate relationship with but their overall their bar has kind of been publicly dropping for a long time due to many reasons not just the games themselves but reports about the company culture and things like that but um like rabbits you wouldn't know it like they they really feel like they're in their element with that game and it's it's joyous it's also really fun it's got little bite-sized battles i like how like quick the battles go you get like a really good concentrated dose of get in do some tactics, some challenging tactics, some like creative tactics, and then get out. Like you don't spend hours in, in a single battle, like trying to figure out all the different ways. Like it, it's very interesting in getting you to think of clever things, but to do it at a snappy pace. Um, is there a demo on the eShop? I wish there was. I don't oh, think there not. is though. Oh, that's a bummer. You should have put one up there. I, I really think, you know, one thing that we shouted out before, but all of these Square Enix games that we've been talking about, except for like a few of them, uh, Square's been really good about putting they, demos they out for really these games. They had really robust demos, yeah. And I do think that would help a game like Rabbids more than any amount of marketing and for stuff sure. could. Like if they got just a good slice of that game in people's hands, I think it would sell a lot of people on that game. So definitely, yeah, it's definitely up there for a contender. Uh, save, Be able to transfer your save progress. I think that's, and you have a winner. Yeah, yeah. Well, looking ahead to the rest of the year, some of the games that we can look forward to, Tactics Ogre Reborn, Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Square's just throwing out all the games. It's like, here, have all yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, here's the blunderbuss. Yeah. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, Pentiment, Marvel's Midnight Suns, Valkyrie Profile, Lenneth. <laughs> Should have come out with Elysium like it was supposed to, and Dragon Quest Treasures. Uh, looking yes. at the list, uh, just really quickly going around the, the table, what is the RPG that you're looking forward to the most? I'm just say Pokemon. I'm really looking forward to the four-player co-op. Looking forward to the quality of life improvements. It's freaking Pokemon. It's going to be a good time. It's the biggest remaining game uh, of the year. Uh, Reb was like, hey, Kat, bring your Switch into the office. We'll play Pokemon. I'm like, hell yeah. It's going to be great. Oh, that's going to so, be amazing. I'm jealous. Very wholesome. Uh, what about the rest of y'all? How about you, Nanya? Um. I'm really torn between Pokemon and Dragon Quest Treasures because uh, I love Dragon Quest Monster Joker too, and this is kind of the follow up to Monster to, to Dragon Quest Monsters, so I'm looking forward to that. But both are going to be great, so it's going to be a good Christmas. Yay! How about you, Eric? Um, I really want to dive into Tactics Ogre. That's been a blind spot for me in terms of strategy rpgs and it's been one that i've been wanting to fill in for quite a while and it feels like this whole year of tactics has been building up to this point you know getting me ready to be able to talk about this game but i also want to shout out pentiment i think pentiment looks really rad uh the team at obsidian is doing something really cool with that and i'm hoping that comes together really well uh the perfect game pass game just oh yeah great sure. little passion project that is going to mm-hmm. get in front of people and really augments the library right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i kind of love that uh, and how about you, Scott? Um, really, I'm torn between Tactics Ogre and Crisis Core. 
Mm, um sure. tactics ogre because i am a huge fan of the ogre series like ogre battle tactics ogre these this is one of those series that i've desperately wanted to make a comeback especially ogre battle because i think it's incredibly unique and we really don't have something like it out mm-hmm. um crisis core because i really want to try this game with dual analog sticks because mm. the last one was just a single uh psp nub um <laughs> though i still hate the roulette system so uh i might be leaning slightly more towards Tactics Ogre, but anxious mm. for Crisis Core, though, too. Well, plenty more RPGs to look ahead to. I'm curious, what what are you excited to play? Send me an email at com or DM me on Twitter, or just hang out in our Discord and chat with the rest of our audience. Talk about what RPGs you're looking forward to and what RPGs you're playing with right now. Okay. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. now for autumn of the avatar and it's a big one we've been going week by week we've been watching several episodes at a time and we have just arrived at the end of book two as always we will be talking spoilers so uh, be careful with this one uh this week we watched uh, uh episode 37 lake uh logai is that how it's pronounced? Laogai. Lake Laogai. Laogai. And episode 40, through episode 40, The Crossroads of Destiny, which was the season finale and a cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. Um, Wow. (laughs) Book two is over. Appa recovered. Appa has been recovered and is recovered. Uh, Jet is very definitely dead. R.I.P. Jet. Um, You were kind of one of my least favorite characters, actually. Uh, Toph invented (laughs) metal bending. Good job, Toph. If you want to talk about Uh subclasses, I'm into the metal bending, yeah. Uh, Aang got zapped, and Zuko redeemed, and then fallen once more, and the Earth King as well. Here's a question for you. Uh, If Katara had used that healing on Zuko to fix the scar, could they have avoided all this horror? No. I don't think so. Because Zuko turned on all of them because he wasn't fully healed. I know he wasn't this, fully like a healed internally, though. He wasn't was, fully yeah. healed internally. Metaphysically. He, yeah. not, if he was not thankful enough to his uncle not to betray everyone. There's no way he would care that much about I get it. It's a, meta- it's, a, it's a metaphor for stuff. I was just thinking about how, like, you know, when the scene where Aang gets zapped and he falls and Katara catches him, it's like Pienta right there. Like, uh, I know writers who use subtext in all cowards moment, which is like Mary holding Jesus. It was 
just like, wow, they put that in a kid's cartoon, eh? Yeah. Yeah. This this is a really incredible uh, series of episodes because um, Jet is dead. Jet is canonically dead. They address it later uh, in the comics, I think, so they actually. They just run and- out. You see everybody cradling him because he's been uh, taken out. Yeah. Yeah. Jet. So yeah, he's Jet. He's dead. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. He's 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 super dead. Jet's dead, baby. Jet's <laughs> um, dead. It it is kind of impressive. Like th- this series of episodes has some of my favorite Iroh moments in it. I mm-hmm. love the part in Lake Lauga. At Lake Lauga is probably my favorite episode out of these because it's like very dungeon crawly. Like they're they're going through the yeah. the Daily headquarters and they walk by that room with all the Judies like repeating their lines and stuff like that. Um, it's very creepy. It's very ominous. But then you have the moment where Zuko is, you know, in full blue spirit garb and, and Iroh walks in and Zuko's like, I'm going to take the I can I'm here. I've got the Avatar's Bison. Like he heard that Appa was in town and just immediately was like on it without thinking. And Iroh is like he he breaks it like he's always this very calm serene guy he's just like you never think this is why you always mess up you would have died and like he's like yelling at you zuko had, you and, had him captive and what did you do with him you didn't have a plan yeah it's, have a it's the delivery something in out. that episode okay zuko okay you can only deal with stupid for so long mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's true even iroh can even iroh even iroh Iroh finally loses his temper mm-hmm. uh, when he gets his tea shop. By the way, Iroh, a strong oh sense of I, set of Iroh episodes, I should add. Yes. When yes. he gets his tea shop, I turn to Amy, who I've been watching this show with, and I go, he's dying. He dead. She's like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, Iroh's gone. He's a goner. And I just spent the entire like finale waiting for him to die. and was actually kind of shocked that he ultimately only got kept taken captive. Don't spoil it for me. Maybe he dies in the next episode. But um, I Who's fully expected say? him like when he came in, he was like, go. And he was like fighting. I fully expected him to be like taken out. And he strikes me as a character who is always has an ace up his sleeve and then another ace and another ace. He's not easy to. I like that. Do you know why they call me the dragon of the West? Yeah. Yeah, He breathes fire. I don't want another anecdote. No, this is more of a demonstration. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Starts breathing (laughs) fire. Oh my God. I, I realized two things. First of all, when you were calling the Lake Lao guy segment, a dungeon crawl, this get, this show's just, it's a D&D campaign. That's it's a D&D it campaign. Absolutely. It mm-hmm. was a D&D mm-hmm. campaign all along, even down to him going to power up to get his um, the full avatar state that he could use whenever mm-hmm. he wanted. But of course, it's women, as usual, holding him back. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No. Um, I. <laughs> well, he's just a little um, boy having his, having his first yeah, crush. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But it's like Star Wars. It's, it's very Empire Strikes Back. You know, it's like, oh, no, the Earth Kingdom's fallen. Everything's looking really bad. I'm trying Don't to kiss turn your into sister, the Avatar, eh? but I'm down bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other thing I realized is that I feel like I'm watching therapy. Like the final episode yeah. is basically trauma therapy for Zuko. Right. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they say a lot of. OK, one of, I, I don't know if I said this in on the show, if I said it elsewhere. I love that this series teaches emotional intelligence. All of the characters mm-hmm. at various mm-hmm. points are hurting or they say mean, hurtful things or they don't know how to deal with grief. And you have characters come in and be like, OK, but here's how to process all of that. There's a the whole thing with uh, Sokka who meets his dad and his dad is just like, 
I've always been proud of you, son. And I'm like, oh mm-hmm. my God, this mm-hmm. is where it all started. The, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole parent thing. Um, but Iroh, as usual, Iroh, best character. Uh, mm-hmm. It goes Appa 1, yep. Iroh 2. Um, Iroh straight up telling Zuko, there is nothing wrong with a life of peace and prosperity. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. Zuko is saying that he needs to embrace his destiny or whatever. And just like dealing cold truths. It's great. It's really, really great. Honestly. Oh, yeah. Oh, wonderful show. Uh, I also want to point out when Toph figures out metal bending. By the way, first Earthbender to metal bend. Um, it's really cool how they ground that in. Yeah, that's the, really cool. In, in mm-hmm. like how it works because that's the impurities. That's the thing is like what they are doing is magic to some extent, right? Like it mm-hmm. is to some extent it's magic yeah yeah but like the reason why Toph figures it out you can see her like hitting the metal and they show the sonar rippling out and her starting to detect those impurities like Nadia was saying like the things in the metal that are earth that you could theoretically bend and even the ways in which when she bends the metal it's not clean cut in the way that like you know, pulling up rocks might be it's like messy and crunchy and stuff like that. It's oh, it's so good. There's like so many little details that have been thought out in this series about how the bending works that really make for such an interesting rewatch later. I have to say, I'm actually glad they didn't go with uh, Fever Dream. Uh, what was the way, way I put it? Deus Ex Fever Dream, where Zuko mm. has mm-hmm. the the dream and he wakes up and he's like, I'm good now. It's like, OK, um, are you? Or mm-hmm. is this just a really cheap, a, a rare instance of the the show getting really cheap and kind of? Oh. Th- but no, it. Uh, where he's he, like momentarily like cured, where he's yeah, like, oh, I, I'm I'm good now. I figured Iroh would die and Zuko would go on a roaring rampage of revenge, or just like fall apart without Iroh because I figured that the next Iroh's the guy with the beard. He has to die, mm-hmm. right? So. So I just figured that he, as the mentor, was going to die, and that then Zuko on his own had to find his own way forward. But, but that would that would be easy, though. That would be it would like be. it would be a, a very shonen. Zuko falls yeah. back into his own pitfalls because he he may have recovered in some way, but he still hasn't like made right by himself. Right, and he knows that the second he sees Azula again, he's like. Oh no, it's back to the old me. Family. <laughs> like, exactly. I Family trauma. I actually have not let this go. I've just, you know, it was easier when we weren't living in it and I could pretend to be in this magical world of bossing, say, helping uncle run his tea shop. But the second family shows up, he's like, oh, I never really did get over it, did I? And he's right back into it to the point that he sides with them in the end. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, hey. I think that's another emotional intelligence point there because it's about like, Therapy does not fix you overnight. Therapy does not make you better in a single day. I know somebody. They're not a friend. I just, I know them. And they are traumatized all the time by their family. Mm-hmm. And they say, like, you, you just say straight up, look, they're not going to change. This is just something you're going to have to accept. You're probably going to have to leave, like, the state, you know, if For you sure. really yeah. want to be happy. And they're just like, that would be unthinkable. Abandoning like that part of my, like that Mm. family, that Mm -hmm. part of me. And you're just like, well, you're just going to be miserable for the rest of your life then. Fortunately, you got to make that choice sometimes. Sorry. 
And it's the same thing with Zuko, honestly. You know, he just wants daddy's respect and love. He's not going to get it. It's not happening. But, but you know, he when can his, try. Sister, <laughs> his sister gives him a freaking morsel of respect and love, and he comes crawling right back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a mm-hmm. great character. Great, great character. Very, very well. Yeah. Done. I love Zuko. Continues to be the Zuko and Iroh show. <laughs> you know, 100%. Like every time they're on screen, I'm like, I'm always interested in which. Not to, mm-hmm. not to say that I don't like the rest of the characters as well, but wow, they really uh, bring this show to another level. Uh, I will say the Earth King, um, uh, do you want to have an over-under on how long before Bosco eats the Earth King? <laughs> so he's going to have an Animal House-style <laughs> postscript, Bosco ate the Earth King Bosco in his sleep. Bosco was eaten by uh, <laughs> Yeah, Earth King eats ba- or eaten by Bosco. Earth King eats Bosco now. There's a twist. Earth King eats Bosco, Yeah. <laughs> Wait, just a bear? So not not like a platypus bear? Not a, or a, bear, duck not bear? a mole bear? Nope, just a bear. Yeah, just a bear. That's great. Also, I want uh, somebody to use the word inspirational but terrifying for me one day. Yeah, that's just my dream. Uh, me too. Yeah, it's amazing. Have it be put on your tombstone eventually. Inspirational like, she terrifying. was inspirational but terrifying. Uh, <laughs> or the other way around. Um, and then, of course, yeah, Ba Sing Se has fallen. Darkest before the dawn. Mm-hmm. We're heading right into Act 3. What's going to happen? I have no idea. It's great. I've somehow not been spoiled on any of this. But, uh, you know, I was actually reflecting back to the very beginning of the show when it was a little bit uh, simple. And actually, when Jet showed up and mm-hmm. everything, and how far we've come uh, since then, um, watching the wheels within wheels of the characters and uh, the, the coups and the, the political mm-hmm. intrigue. Um, Amy made the observation, actually. She said, I like that the Earth King is evil, too. The Earth Kingdom is evil, too. She said, mm-hmm. I'm glad it's not just the evil empires, the Fire Nation, than everybody else. Like, that the Earth Kingdom, in its own way, is... In its own way, in a different way, in the way that yeah. stagnation and power structures mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. do not budge in, in Bessing Say until finally someone just comes around and rips it all to shreds. I feel like that's a really good thing in Avatar throughout, because even you go back to Omashu and Boomi, and like... Yeah, Boomy's got a quote unquote plan and all that. And so he wants Aang to leave and go do something else. But he is letting his city fall and his citizens be taken into uh, martial custody by the Fire Nation as a result of that. And yeah, there's there is no perfect nation in any of this. Uh, And I feel like Avatar does a really good job of emphasizing that. For sure. Well, you can look forward to our discussion of the entirety of book two, uh, well, next week, or this coming week, I should say, uh, on Wednesday, because we are going to record the episode this weekend. Uh, Eric, did we sort out our guest? Uh, our guests for the upcoming book two special? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I am making sure that I know one of them for sure we have locked in. The other one I need to make sure that we have locked in. So, um Find out when you listen. It'll be <laughs> it's a fun surprise, I promise. Find we out just, next uh, time. Yeah, it's some some seat. scheduling. We've we've had some schedules flip around, so um, but it'll be a good time, I promise. We got some exciting guests lined up. If you want to listen to our full discussion of Autumn uh, of Avatar The Last Airbender, just go back to our previous episodes. We have uh, mm-hmm. a segment. Okay. Nadia, take us home.
Uh, when I was in grades one, two, and three, I was kind of in a combined, it wasn't really a Montessori class, but it was kind of a big classroom. And every year through grades one, two, and three, we had to go to the stupid McMichael Art Gallery, which is a stupid art gallery in the greater Toronto area. If you are from the greater Toronto area, you have no doubt been dragged to the gallery more than once on a field trip. Anyway, one day we went to the art gallery and we were bored as usual. And when we all came home on the bus, we were being terrible because nobody, it was the art gallery. You don't get your energy out in the art gallery unless you want to die. So that was, that was just like, I remember this. It was the bus ride from hell. It was absolutely insane. Just like, you know, it was the age of WWF and like everyone's having matches on the floor in the aisle and people are beating each other up, just running up and down screaming. It was such a bad bus ride that our teachers gathered us up the next day and said, all right, you you just like nearly killed us all. You, you stressed out the bus driver. You're all going to watch a safety video right now. What happens when you F around in the bus? So we all sat down. This was a projector. We didn't have VCR, of course. And so we watched this video where like kids are effing around in the bus the way that we just did. And the bus crosses the tracks and sorry, the bus crosses some train tracks and the guy doesn't, the, the driver doesn't hear the, the train going boop boop because everyone's screaming and having WWF matches on the, on the ground. Mm -hmm. And the bus mm -hmm. hits, the train hits the bus and all these bodies fly everywhere and it scared the shit out of me. And for years, <laughs> decades even, I thought I saw children die on camera for part of a school safety thing. Mm -hmm. But no, mm -hmm. It turns out that there is this site uh, slash YouTube channel called Retro Ontario. And if you live in like uh, this greater uh, Toronto area, Southern Ontario, even Northwestern um, New York, like I talked to a lot to um, from Ian from the total, from the completely unnecessary podcast because he grew up in Buffalo. So he remembers a lot of the stuff I remember. But yeah, there was, it's like a treasury of old videos from that time when I grew up. And they had that safety video where I thought I saw the bodies flying everywhere. And no, it was just dummies that were flying in the bus. Like, but I thought, like, no, I sure I saw children die. But that just goes to show how your brain can trick you, and how weird that is. And it's just even like when I think about some of the stuff I watched back then, like you know, on the on those old projectors and what have you. Like, I was making a, a joke with a friend of mine about how one of the first things you watch in Canada as a child, as young as possible, is I don't know if any of you have seen the goofy cartoon with the, the hockey players going out of their mind and killing each other. Like, that's what I grew up with. That's the first thing I saw on a projector that I remember. <laughs> so. But I also want to say that there was another safety video they showed us when I was young. And if you find it, and I think Retro Ontario has it, is basically the the prototype for Degrassi. It's a safety video about like some of the Degrassi kids as like little babies. They go into a construction site when you're not supposed to play around there. And yeah, they turned it into a safety video because this is Canada and everything is Degrassi. Thank you. Well, I'm going to say that it was a nook because nobody died in this one. No but one I thought really children died. died. Nobody no lost their arm. <laughs> the uh, arm one was good. I was just thinking about Why are you like trying it, to drag it into a pit. Why are you we're like this retroactively, is retroactively retroactively like if y'all don't remember um I told you all a story about a kid I knew who got his arm ripped off by wolves 
And when I presented this story to you and Kat, you guys didn't think I had anything to do with it. And I'm like, why would I just present some random ass story about an, a guy getting his arm ripped off by wolves unless I was front and center somehow? That really insulted me, actually. So, <laughs> Just kidding. You're all right. Well, I'm going to end oh. this episode now before Nadia manages to drag before, us down for the into pit a pit again. to scramble back up as fast as we can and into the post-show, which is always a multitude of pits, Acts of the Blood God, After Dark, which is available to our Stars of Destiny, who are all hanging out with us right now. and We uh, appreciate every single one of you. But that's it for this week's episode of Acts of the Blood God. Thank you uh, so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, once again, please leave us a review on the podcast of your choice. Subscribe on patreon.com slash bloodgodpod for a lot of bonus content. And follow us all on Twitter. I'm on the underscore cap on. Nadia's at Nadia Oxford. Eric is at Simusi, S-E-A-M-O-S-I. And Scott is at Professor R-P. See you next week. But until then, for Eric, Nadia, Scott, myself, thanks for listening and happy adventuring. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA.